0: When you smash a cinematic genre and put it back together, making it greater than it was before, that in and of itself deserves recognition during awards season. And history has shown that the most divisive directors who've been audacious with their art have received Oscar nominations. Stanley Kubrick with A Clockwork Orange, David Lynch with Blue Velvet and Mulholland Drive, Terry Gilliam with his original screenplay nomination for Brazil, All of this is why award-season voters should reconsider Ari Oster's Swedish psychological folk horror masterpiece, Midsommar, from A24. Like Christopher Nolan and Kubrick before him, the New York City native has a great sense of staging and painting of complex themes about our humanity. Midsommar tells the story of Danny played sublimely by Florence Pugh as a student who, after experiencing a horrible, tragic family event, is thrusted on a trip with her jerky boyfriend and his friends to a pagan Swedish festival. It's perverse, it's weird, it's shocking, wonderful, funny, and completely ironic. Ari Oster is here with us on Crew Call. So, at first, I first learned about the film when I was at CinemaCon back in um, April. When they dropped the first trailer, they, they dropped, I want to say, it, they, they put out a release date. They put out a release date. It was just after the trailer. Um, the head of distribution was telling me about the film. I said, oh, my God. He was telling me this over breakfast. My mind was blown um, about you know, how she breaks up and she's drawn into this Swedish trip. And there's a cult and everything goes sideways. And I'm like, oh, my God. That sounds so cool. And then I watched the trailer and was so stoked. So excited, and in this day and age, I'm an old-fashioned guy, as well as a lot of some of the people I work with. In the sense that I, I'm still living in like the '90s, when you know, you know, a film, you know, an edgy filmmaker arrives on the scene, and boom, they block. They're able to cross, cross over the film or the filmmaker into, into into mainstream. And so um, I saw this, and I said, "That's it." That's the baby driver of the summer. I was like, I had this preconceived, I, I had this, I, I put this preconceived notion of Midsommar in my head. This is the baby driver of the summer. This is what studios should be doing. This is the edgy stuff to counter program. I'm like, perfect, it's right in July. It's right against Spider-Man. I write box office, by the way. I, had a, I, I knew I was definitely going to see the film. I didn't get to see it before it opened. Or at opening, I saw it three weeks later. But I'm writing about it. I know it cost about 10 million. I was a little hard on it. I was a little hard on it because in my head, I think it was supposed to over-index. And in A24's mind, I think they they saw it exactly where it should be. And at the end of the day, it did very well yeah. for what it you know for what it is. It made 41 million worldwide. And I go to see the movie and I knew I was gonna love it going in and I absolutely loved it. And I'm there and it's two and a half hours and I'm thinking, there's a commercial cut of this film. But at the same time, I'm with you. I'm glad you stuck to your guns and did everything. And I love that.
1: Right. And then and, you went and out and you released
0: the three hour cut, <laughs> and that just I haven't seen that yet, but I'm like, oh my god, that's that's awesome. But I in beginning this whole thing i first of all the first thing i want to talk to you about is and this is and you got to understand this is my fandom for the film and asking these questions i'm not being jerky or anything like that she goes through a tragedy in the beginning with her parents and i've gone i've, I've talked about this with lindsay who's here in the room from A24 and she had a very good defense but i want to hear it from you um she you know, Danny goes through a very bad tragedy in the beginning of the film. Why was that necessary? In, 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 because the whole film is about her going off and all of this horrible stuff, you know, yeah. that happens in the village. And that's – but why was her tragedy – but see, here's the other thing. Yeah. And I don't mean to answer the question. Every time she cries in the movie, which is sublime, and we'll talk about Florence in a minute – it brings us back to this moment it brings us back to the tragedy that she experienced mm-hmm. but tell me about this the personal the whole tragedy the whole the whole parents her she loses her family why was that important as a jumping off point
1: well it's important for a few reasons one i mean i see the film as being a fairy tale more than a horror film it's it's a fairy tale and it's and it's 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 kind of traditional in that sense. You begin with uh, a character who's orphaned and kind of pushed out into the wilderness, and we and we end with her finding a new family. Um, it's it's sort of a perverse happily ever ever hap, happily ever after ending, um, and so that's that's maybe the uh, the the most trite answer, um, but. Ultimately, you know, the film is a—it's a breakup film first and foremost, and it was important for me that Danny be somebody who isn't only, you know, this needy woman who's clinging to, um, you know, to to her mediocre boy uh, boyfriend, but but rather that that she be somebody who is who who has a, a very immediate an urgent reason for clinging. Um she is alone in the world. Um we we begin the film with her being plunged into this very existential situation and the only thing she has left by way of family is this this man. Um and so there is a real there there it's it's this relationship has now become incredibly consequential to her. Um so for me, it was it was important that that it 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 maybe save the the situation from from f- feeling too uh, inconsequential, um, and uh, and and so again, for me, the film very much is about it's about well it's it, it's it's about her situation. She 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 loses a family and gains one at the end, the,
0: and then in. W- and I'll put a spoiler alert on this. Yeah, but the other thing is, she's like Michael Corleone; she takes everybody out, who right. <laughs> she didn't like. But somehow that that right. happens. All the bad people in her life are gone.
1: Right. And 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 so yeah, I mean, the film again, it, it's 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 a fairy tale, and it's it's a perverse wish fulfillment fantasy, um, and the ending is designed to be very cathartic but i hope that that catharsis kind of catches in the throat a little bit and that it doesn't sit you know too too easily at the end and and um you know i mean the film is if it is a horror film it's a horror film about codependency and she she begins in a codependent relationship that's really uh it's pretty it's it's pretty toxic and it's and it's very dysfunctional and at the end um you could see her as being kind of you know saved from this codependent relationship or you can see or or you might see it as her being suddenly swallowed up into um this new codependent relationship which is more functional but maybe it's even more toxic for that reason um and uh and you know for for me it was very important that this community that we were building um the horga that they Feel like you know a real place and real people with uh, rich traditions and deep history, uh, but for me, I I always saw them um, as being uh, in a big way manifestations of Danny's will, and I, I, I they 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 seem to or for me, I can't really watch the film without seeing them as existing almost solely to provide Danny with. What she needs, or what, or or what she, she thinks she needs. Does she real? I.
0: Does she realize that? The, like it's because every time bad things happen, she's crying, and, I, and we're with her. Yeah, we're with her with the horrible stuff that's going around, and every and like I said, every time she cries, it it just brings you back to,
1: you know, why she's you know just just the deep pain in her life. Right. Well, <coughs> and again, I mean there's uh there's a sequence um that happens pretty much you know s- smack in the middle of the film um uh, w- uh which is the the Etestupan. um and uh I don't want to spoil too much um it's hard to sort of talk about it without spoiling it uh but you do have two uh elderly people who commit suicide in yes in a very public way and, yes. and 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 this is something that's being celebrated by this community and you could see the film or you could you could watch that scene and see it as this horrific spectacle and um and and maybe you know the first major contribution to the genre if you're there to watch a horror film but you could also watch that scene and see that they are that that that, that this is the first time that Danny is being faced uh directly with the thing that she's been evading and running away from and and kind of refusing to look to, um directly at and not only that is she being forced to confront this thing that has you know has completely upended her life um but she's being forced to confront it in a new light because these people have a much different philosophy um and and so um, all the way through, really, um, I'm, I'm hoping that, that uh, there are two ways to look at everything that's happening. The, um... At least.
0: Now, you came, correct me if I'm wrong, you came to this, this was, you were, there was a Swedish production company or a financier, you, there was interest in you doing a Swedish, uh, a slasher... A Swedish cult, like a slasher film, yeah. And and, and this. Well, first of all, explain that was, okay. you know, post hereditary how you came, how you came in contact with a Swedish company and the idea, of, their idea of doing, you doing a Swedish slasher film. I know so, that it morphed. You know, your breakup took it to a mid. Uh, it's mid. I always say midsummer, but I think I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's midsummer.
1: Uh, well, it, that, that's the safest. Uh, um. People have corrected me. It's it the safest. Midsummer, but I'm well, like I, Midsummer. I'm like I, I pound my chest about it. I I, I call it Midsummer, and then I, oh, I've been Good. corrected. I've been corrected by Swedish-speaking <laughs> people saying no, it's Midsummer. So you know. Okay. So, so I'm not
0: pronouncing it. Miss, you know, people are saying no, it's
1: Midsummer. Yeah, it depends on who you ask. Yeah. Uh, but you know. The, the English translation is Midsummer. So,
0: but the Swedish slasher film. Tell us about how that, how that all came about. Post, <coughs> post Hereditary, or maybe yeah.
1: this was in the works before then. No, um, so I wrote Hereditary about five years ago, and just to, j- just after I I had written it, this company, Be, Be Real, um, in Sweden, read read that script and they approached me saying that they wanted to uh to do a Swedish American co-production and that they wanted to uh make uh, a folk horror film that sort of revolved around midsummer um and uh and they they were you know thinking about wicker man as as a reference and 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 other films that exist in the folklore subgenre, and they came to me um, with basically this idea of you know what what if we had American students you know being killed in Sweden? Um, and uh, it's not it, it, it it's it's never been a genre that I've been like obsessed with or you know um, you know um, I I I, I I like a lot of the films, in the genre, but it's it, but I never really wanted to to contribute to it in any meaningful way. Um, but they came to me with this pitch at a time when I was going through a very bad breakup, and it was very fresh, and I was really looking for a way to uh, to turn it into something. But I I I I and I had these characters in my head, but I just didn't have the the framework for it, um, and as an exercise, I, I I took this pitch and I thought about okay, is there a way for me to marry the breakup movie that I I I feel like I need to write right now with this genre? And in one night, the the arc of this film and the and the character of Danny, which was already in me, ready to be written, um, kind of came at me and i i called them up with the pitch and said look like this, this this is the version i'd be interested in doing take it or leave it and they um you know to their credit they 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 were excited by the pitch and and after having read hereditary they just wanted to see what my version of of uh that sort of broad idea would be and um and uh and again to their credit they you know i i ended up writing the script and they they you know they're all about it Europeans tend to be um better about i mean <laughs> uh i I guess giving a certain amount of tether to you know writer directors and so um and so this script was you know i I it was there among my my other scripts I've I've written uh like 11 feature scripts um about five of them I want to make and and after After Hereditary, I just really felt like I had it was it was really Danny. Danny was just in my system, and I wanted to. I just wanted to get it out, and so we uh, we made Midsummer very quickly after Hereditary. In fact, um, we were scouting uh, for fields for Midsummer while I was in the post production process of of Hereditary and um and then Hereditary was released on June 8th and I was in Hungary on June 9th um and the village was already being built so we wow. built we built the whole village from scratch no, nothing in in Horga was was there when we found it that was an empty field um in Hungary so it, in Hungary and we had 2 months to build that entire village um and of course after you've shot the film it you know it gets dismantled which is what happened um, where is so the it's, set? It's gone. No. Yeah, it was it was it was taken down. Um, but uh, ah, yeah, no. Yeah, but yeah.
0: There is um, and a complete side note. Um, so up where I live in Santa Clarita, there's these scaffolding buildings like in a railroad yard, and I'm thinking, uh, what's there? Y- you know, and I was involved with an independent film that I got shot there, and um. It's they hold movie sets. There's wow. like the set from Lone Ranger, the set from uh, Sony's Girl with Dragon Tattoo, the, so, the set from Saving Mr. Banks. It's like a, a Raiders of the Lost Ark warehouse of sets that they collect. Wow. So that's what I'm, I'm like hoping and thinking that I'm yeah, sure that yeah. your set lives somewhere in some <laughs> warehouse that could be.
1: I'm 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 sure you could find like planks of wood and yeah you know? yeah I'm sure
0: the and then how long was the shoot? It was was it how long was the shoot?
1: Uh, the shoot was forty days, but um, but I I'd say we actually had less time to shoot the film than we did on Hereditary, which was thirty days because we were shooting uh, during the day, and we could only shoot in daylight. And the days aren't particularly long in Hungary at that time of year. I mean, they're not too short, but ultimately, it's not like we're shooting in Sweden during the uh, you know during the midnight sun. Um, uh, and, and so uh, I would say we, we got about eight hours of shooting every day. We were shooting French hours, which is, um, which is just you shoot all the way through with no lunch breaks um, every day. And, uh, and, you know, and when you're shooting outside, you're, you're, you're just beholden to weather and, and just praying that, you know, that it doesn't rain or get cloudy because then you have to just wait. You have to wait for those conditions to. And then to change. Talk
0: about that. the The idea of always shooting in daylight, which is so iconoclastic for a genre film. That that was that always there. Was that always there? Even going back to the original
1: concept before you folded in the breakup. You... Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, even. I mean, when you decide to make a film set in Sweden during the summer, that's that—that's already something that stands you, to reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that to to um to do it any other way would be strange. Um, but uh, you know, it's funny. It became people talked about the film, uh, or I guess people who do talk about the film. You know, kind of it, it, that's the first thing they go to, and um, uh, it. it 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 wasn't really i mean i i was sort of shocked that that was such a thing um for people uh but it was important to us uh to to really uh, pursue this very bright kind of technicolor aesthetic we were looking at um at a lot of three strip technicolor films and especially by palon pressburger um and uh and so before we even shot we had our colorist Joe Goller uh, do a uh, uh, make a LUT for us that reflected what we were planning on doing in the uh, the color grade at the end and and um, and so it was very important to us that we find uh, find the look early on and and really um, define that. Um, but for me, again, I, I've just I, I've always thought of the film as a fairy tale. I uh, with you know it's adjacent to horror, but I I, my feeling as we are even getting ready to release the film is wow like people who are only coming to this as a horror film are going to be upset or disappointed or frustrated, um, and uh, and uh, luckily that, that 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 was certainly the case in some corners but it, but it wasn't as bad as I was expecting but the um, finding
0: Florence. Pew, tell me about that, because she's had this phenomenal, she's, gonna, she's having this phenomenal year and a half. It began with Fighting With My Family, which got a sneak screening at, at Sundance, continued with you, Aunt to Greta Gerwig and Little Women, and then she's yep. in Black Widow. How did you find her? <coughs> um, because what's amazing is, like, everybody, you know, coming away from Fighting With, with, with My Family, everyone said she was very good. But man, she takes it up here. Yeah. She, we, 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 see a whole different facet of her. And but tell me about that. And and, and and her crying. Oh my God! Like I keep, I can't say this enough. How it just trans—it's, it, it's the whole. Uh, uh, it's so pivotal. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in trans, You know, in the transcendence of the film. But tell me about finding her.
1: Uh, well. Um... And it's funny you mention uh, Little Women because ske- scheduling was rough actually because she actually had to go straight to Little Women from this film. And by straight to Little Women I mean that uh she had to leave 2 days before uh we we wrapped picture um because she needed to go because she needed to begin shooting the film the next week. So she she really jumped from film to film to film. Um, and uh I mean I had seen her in Lady Macbeth and 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 thought that she was great. Um and she had she she was on the list uh pretty pretty early on. She was somebody that we were talking about. I I uh I didn't know who was right for Danny. Uh and we did quite the search. Um and and a lot of people taped who, you know, sent in wonderful tapes and you know, really incredible actresses and and uh and Florence was just sort of on our minds you know from very early on and she she was the one person who couldn't tape because she was shooting little drummer girl um and uh and you know as we were kind of deliberating about a lot of the women who were sending in tapes we- we we kind of kept just going back to Florence and saying like man i wish wish we could you know s- see what she would do with this um and uh and luckily we eventually did get her to tape and 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 i have a feeling we might have actually just gone with her without that tape um but you know i yeah we we met over skype at one point and just really got along she's really you know she's she's really a blast to hang out with she's really funny and extremely confident kind of supernaturally confident she's kind of the opposite of Danny in in many ways uh and and actually one thing that she was concerned about was the crying um because she she just you know hadn't really gone there much um and she's not a she's actually not a trained actress she she, she never studied oh wow um, and uh and which, which is amazing because she's such a natural and she's so she 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 has a toolbox i don't know where it came from, but she's just it's very rare that um that her instincts uh are off um, so she's really kind of a gift for a director um to work with uh beyond beyond just being kind of a you know uh, a really a really cool person that, that that you're happy to be going down this road with um but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I uh, she she just uh, really became Danny right away. I remember the first week when we were shooting. Any of the concerns that she had, or that you know, it, it was just so you know, we 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 began with a pretty intense crying scene. It's not even in the movie. There's more crying. That's not even in the director's cut. But uh, uh, we started with that, and and it was just immediately apparent that we were. Off to the races, as far as she was concerned. Aside from the core
0: characters, um, the Americans, everyone else was, everyone else in the village was was local. Was they were from they were from Sweden. Or, or. <coughs>
1: um, every speaking character in the in the community was was from Sweden, and we flew the oh, we flew them over to uh, to Hungary. Uh, most of those actors are are highly esteemed theater actors um theater tv uh film actors um, in Sweden which was uh it was amazing to have them and it was also very nerve-wracking for me because there were a lot of days where they were essentially relegated to the background because they had to be right because um one thing I really didn't want to do and I'm very grateful we didn't do it um now that we're through it but while we were doing it it, it was it was hard was that I I didn't want extras so so um because Extras feel like extras. Um, background actors end up feeling you. I really wanted this community to feel really lived in, and so uh, all the Swedes that we brought over were incredible actors. But then the Hungarian cast that we brought on to play the rest of the village, those were also theater actors. So we we actually didn't have anybody on on who was just who who was simply a background actor which again made it very stressful because i i'm uh i'm a very neurotic you know jewish guy and i i uh i always feel guilty for even being alive and so then i and so i and so then i'm on set and i'm and i have all these people in the sun who you know could be doing a play somewhere or you know, um, this or this like is a masterful film. film. Come on. Well, of course, but <laughs> but, but it, I, I feel guilty directing extras because they're just standing around all day. It's a very it's very boring. It's very, um, it's 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 but something I have had to get purpose. over. But
0: yeah. you you are correct. Everyone had purpose, even if they were sitting at the end of the table. Yeah. Or even if they were in the dance scene, everybody. It, it, it was it, it. There was a chorus, and that chorus, you know, yeah. that chorus was working.
1: Yeah, and I'm and I'm grateful we did it that way because I I I feel that too. I feel when I watch the film I feel like this is horga. It's not Yeah. Um how did you prepare everyone? Uh did you did you
0: have a mythology like a book, a mythology that you handed out to everyone? Did uh was there an extensive rehearsal since mm-hmm. you had the fields? Yeah. Um tell me tell me about preparing the actors
1: well uh, I did a lot of research when I was writing the script um, and a lot of research when I was building this community um, I did a lot of research into uh, Swedish folklore um, you know uh, different sw- Swedish midsummer traditions but also Germanic traditions and 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 you know um, uh, British midsummer traditions and then I, I, uh, I did a lot of research into different spiritual movements um, and I tried to relegate that to movements that I actually found beautiful as opposed to movements that I was skeptical about because I, you know, what was important to me about this community and, and and uh, well, I think th- there are a lot of films about cults and I, and I don't think this film, I don't think that Horga actually qualifies a, as a cult Um but At are, least
0: they don't
1: think so no but but they're also but they're also extremely collaborative and 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 there are no there isn't like one person being worshipped right, and so ultimately again, I don't know if the, if it actually qualifies um but uh but but there's so many films about cults that I feel uh, uh neglect to do the one thing that a film like that should do, which is to give us insight into why a person would join in the first place um and so uh i i really wanted to make this a place that you know um if if you you know maybe ignored the fact that they are uh homicidal and uh you know potentially eugenicist in in their attitude um then that, that 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 this is you know a bit of a a utopia and um, and so did a lot of research. Then I worked very close, very close, very closely with uh, some of my Swedish partners, um, especially um, Martin Karlqvist, uh, who uh, who was extremely helpful um, in just kind of building the history of this place. Uh, we built a language. Uh, Martin Karlqvist, uh, my production designer, Henrik Svensson, and and I kind of collaborated to build this language called the Affect Language, which was a combination of uh, the runic alphabet and then invented um, hieroglyphs. Um, and uh, I worked very closely with uh, this this brilliant Swedish uh, dance choreographer named Anna Vanuk for the dances, but also for uh, just the gestures that you see them doing. There's this... There's uh, they have a certain sign language that's become intuitive for them, and so we built a language there that that took a long time, but it was extremely helpful for all the actors, and they all they all they all knew the language so well that they could improvise it. Um, uh, and then uh, we also I also uh, worked with um, uh, well, my composer, Bobby Krillick, and I—brilliant score. Yeah, he's he's Brilliant amazing. Score. He's amazing. He's he,
0: based. Where is he based?
1: He's L.A. based. Um, he's British, but he's L.A. based. Um, he goes by the Hexen Cloak when he when he's making um, his own music, um, and and he's oh. he's incredible. And uh, he, uh, we 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 brought on this um, incredible uh, um, vocal artist named um, Jessica Kenny. Who um, specializes in devotional music, and she uh, wrote all of the songs um, wow. and so and there are there are a few songs that aren't even in, in the director's cut, and the director's cut, I think, has maybe three or four more songs than a, a, a theatrical cut. Um, and so uh, we uh, we spent a few days before shooting, um, really kind of walking the entire community through. Um, these songs and what they and and what they mean and and um and it was really i mean it was a really immersive experience for them and and for me and and just and just uh it it became a real labor of love for for um this this whole crew uh and and it was a lot of work before diving into shooting especially because we did not have a long pre production schedule but it it really you could feel it really paying off as we were shooting
0: now I read that um, in addition to this being a folk horror you, you there's a there's a little you, you also consider it to have some high school comedy in it and that scene the dance scene is like, like as I was mentioning before so gratifying story wise in terms of her, her character arc but so wonderfully hysterical how, was that always meant to, I mean, was that, did you, was that your intent to get us to laugh at the same time? <coughs> yeah, I mean, or,
1: I, I, I I see the film as being a dark comedy, kind of all the way through. Like,
0: I, you said, do you want people to come to it like uh, Modern Romance, like after, I love that, like after you break up and people watch Modern Romance, come watch Mid Midsommar.
1: Why, well, well, well. Well for me, Modern Romance is the film I go to when I'm yeah. going, going through a breakup. And yeah. so when I was when, when I was kind of pitching the project around, I was telling them that you know, if the film has any sort of legacy, I don't you know, I I you know, it it's not that I necessarily want people to watch this on Halloween. I want this to be something that people can watch when they're going through a breakup. Right. Um, right. But um but be and, and modern romance, by the way, is just for me The, me too. the greatest love of all it. breakup movies. I love that film and I love I'll, I love Albert Brooks. So I'm just going to plug, plug yeah, Albert yeah, Brooks. High five yeah. on that. Love yeah, him as well. He's the best. Um, yeah. But, uh, but uh, you know, I mean, for, for me, the trajectory of the film is even kind of funny. Um, if you look at it from a certain perspective. And I, I can't watch the ending without kind of chuckling through it. Um, so I don't know what that says about me. But, that's, but, I do, but, but yeah, I, I do see the film as being um, a dark comedy
0: did you ever go to test the film was it, it being an independent film like i um certain independent directors do not test their films because they're independent films and they're they're made exactly as is because this was getting a wide release did you have it tested did you take anything away from that <clears throat> and because this was something the critics loved it and it divided audiences but was that ever was that ever a concern to you? The reason why I bring this up, I was bringing this up in another interview. David Melch once said to me years ago, "Don't don't write for the don't write to what's going to appease the audience. You write you write for your characters. Tell me more. Just tell me more about that. I was just curious. Had you tested it? Were there any
1: takeaways? <coughs> well, where you're like, no, 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 no. We're not
0: changing anything. You know, right." You know, the bear stays in. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: uh, well. Um, if anything, you know, the issue on this film when we were editing it was that it was too long, which was the issue with Hereditary 2. The first cut of Hereditary was three hours long. The first cut of this film was four hours long. Um, hopefully on the next film I'll be able to get ahead of that <laughs> uh, so that we don't have to cut a significant amount of the film out of the film. Um, <clears throat> And so we showed it to some people, uh, like friends and family screenings, like feedback screenings. Um, And at that point, we were obsessed with getting it down and and finding things to cut out without hurting the movie. Um, And so that's what the concern was. The the concern wasn't, how do we make this more audience-friendly? It it was, how do we find ways to cut this thing down, which is difficult because I don't shoot coverage. Um, And... I, I don't know if it's my own internal clock, but these films have this maybe it i'm not sure if you'd call them lethargic, but they just they're they, they take their time um they're they're more deliberately paced um and, and, and so enjoyable, you can't I, I have uh, well, to say well thank Seriously, you I never
0: was never found any didn't find it to be sleepy at any point
1: well thank you i yeah i mean it it and and it's tricky because you just you can't it's not the option be there is no option to cut scenes down. The scenes kind of are as long as they are because one shot you know leads to the next they're all the shots are sequenced again instead of coverage we you know i i I don't really protect myself um and so you uh, so you often have to cut out you know scenes wholesale and then sometimes if you're going to cut this scene out, it means you have to cut out three other scenes because yeah. the because those scenes are tied to that scene. Um, and so it was just a matter of finding the most compact version of this film that that you know that 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 can still feel whole. Um, and uh, and ultimately, I'm happy with uh, the theatrical cut. Um, but I was really happy that A24 gave me the opportunity to release the director's cut um, because it does feel like the more complete version of the film. Um, For those who haven't seen the director's cut, could you could you tell us a
0: little bit? Yeah. about what you added. You mentioned there were some songs.
1: Yeah, well, um, uh, there's just a lot of texture uh, that we were able to put back in. There's a lot of material um, around the central relationship between uh, Florence Pugh and Jack Rainer. Um, I, I, they, we had to cut out a 15-minute sequence in the film that uh, I was always worried the film couldn't survive uh, us cutting it, and it, it it did. But I but there are people who have told me like, yeah, the you know, the, I I really like the film, but like something was missing there. And then they see the director's cut and they feel that that kind of uh, answers that for them um, that that um, whatever they were feeling in their gut while they were watching it the first time. Um, other people will will probably prefer the theatrical cut to the director's cut because the director's cut is is, uh, it's, you know, it's almost three hours. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, you kind of sacrifice pacing to, to uh, fill out these characters and, and, um, and maybe uh, uh, clarify their motivations, um, which is something that I think we lost. We, and, and, and a lot of the, the thesis stuff is kind of filled out that, that you know, I think was maybe slimmed down about as far as we possibly could have in the theatrical cut, um, but uh, yeah, it's I'm I'm happy that they're both out there um, and they both represent uh, w- w- work that I am proud of. Um, but speaking of uh, uh, <laughs> test screenings on Hereditary, there was um, uh, a test screening where the, where it was shown, you know, for a, a big kind of uh, a you know, big audience that obviously didn't know anything about me or the film because it was my first film. Um, And this was, you know, long before it played at Sundance. It didn't have a score. Uh, None of the visual effects were there. Um, And the cut was not very different from the final cut, but it just wasn't bolstered by all of that polishing that every film needs. And it it was catastrophic. It was the, the, the lowest uh, like the lowest score anybody had ever had ever seen, um, and so I'm I'm not I I, w- I would love to never do that kind of a test screening again. I, like that that was very painful. Um, and uh, but it, but it was also painful just just because the film isn't finished and you know it's not finished and. And and you're and you're just thinking this is not the way to watch this like this this film really needs it needs the score it needs
0: you, you've heard without what Albert Brooks has said about testing he's mentioned it in interviews he said that um, that he was he thinks that he was the last one like there like someone like Woody Allen got away with not having his films tested whereas he came right at. Right in the era when they started this, and, and he's been just subject. His films have just been subjected to testing, which he loathe. You know, yeah. every, most filmmakers loathe. Um,
1: but feedback screenings are good. I, yeah. I I I believe in those, and those have been like the friends and family screenings are very helpful and often very clarifying. Um,
0: before we go the the mush the the hallucinogenic scene, I um. I've never done mushrooms. I have no intention of doing mushrooms, but is that the closest you, what you persona what you showed us in the film? Which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the few visual effects in the film. That there are a lot whole, of visual
1: effects in the film. Yeah, there are a lot of
0: them. There, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but that scene in particular is that is that as close as <laughs> is that as close as it gets? Is that what it's like when she's sitting <coughs> there in the field?
1: Uh, I tried to. I mean. Look, if we, I would still be working on on those sequences with the visual effects artists if 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 I could be, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but uh, that 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 was as close as I could get to the experience as I knew it, and mm-hmm. I've, I, you know, I guess this is me. Publicly announcing that I that I've done psychophobic no, no, drugs, but I, that's not what the yeah. intent was. <laughs> yeah, but
0: but but on the note of hallucinogens, that's a very important thing in the movie. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, is this real or is? It, I'm not going to ask you. Oh, was this real or imagined? But we see a pharmaceutical, If I'm correct, early on when she's in her apartment, we see a pharmaceutical bottle. We see a, mm-hmm. a pill bottle. Yeah. So right there, we know that. What's real and not real- the whole idea of real and not real is a motif fair well, to say
1: well, it's also you know that that pill bottle is you know the um, that's anxiety medication and so okay. that that's also there to sort of establish who Danny is and that she's somebody who's already dealing with anxiety mm-hmm. and um, and already you know um, struggling um, and so uh if if anything, that's that's the significance of that of of that uh, that detail. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on there. That that tripping scene is something that got really cut down. Uh, the first the first mushroom scene was like 30 minutes long all the way through. Wow! Um, so that that got that that really got the axe. Pretty wow, um, wow. But uh, you know, I mean, in many ways, it's like you know that's that that's when she goes down the. The rabbit hole that's um we i i really wanted something to serve as a bridge between that opening section of the film and then entering horga and so that that felt to me like uh like you know in in one way it's a lubricant you know for Mm -hmm. for these people as they enter this this world which is you know it kind of seems to exist out of time um and uh and then at the same time it's also setting us up for the final sequence of the film where uh our uh, our leads are given um yes are oh g- the worst of all the hallucinogens <laughs> yeah are given uh, some some unidentified uh drink that 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 sends them uh oh well, that yeah. sends him spiraling and that sends her um into her own on her own path um and so and, and i I did want the film to be kind of i did i did want uh i this is, this is similar to something that i was you know trying to do with hereditary, which is that you know as as the characters are sort of losing it, the film itself is also um unraveling and kind of and 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 adopting more and more of a of a dream lot. Of a dream logic, and and hereditary is much more supernatural and kind of flies off the rails, uh, much more than this film does. This film, I think, keeps its feet more or less tethered to the ground. Um, although the ending is, I'm, I, you know, I, 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 I it's, it's, it's pretty surreal.
0: Um, my last question to you is: You were talking about projects that you're going to do next this summer I'm curious if you've whittled that list down if it's you I know you say you usually write in crisis or that's the you know yeah. but is it is it the sci-fi film <clears throat> is it the western can you can you tell us is it something else in 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 the genre vein uh
1: well I consider myself a genre filmmaker um uh but um Right now I, I'm focusing more on uh, I guess you would call it maybe like an existential comedy or maybe like a nightmare comedy. Great. Uh, very, very very dark, but I think it's funny. Um, when
0: do you think we'll hear more news about that? In the new year?
1: Um, I'm hoping I'll be finished with the script in like a month um, and then it's going to be a matter of deciding what what to do from there but um but we'll see i might i might finish it and decide to return to another of of, of the scripts that i'm you know kind of thinking about but they're all they all need to be polished and rewritten and, and this one i'm i'm just sort of deep into the process of of uh of re, re- reimagining and and updating um but i'm 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 getting excited about it, so we'll see. And then, and then the sci-fi movie is something that I'm thinking a lot about as well. But you know, who knows? There, there, are, there's also you know a western that I—it's like a contemporary ensemble western that I that was supposed to be my first film and and uh, uh, or at least that that that's the one I tried to get going before Hereditary, and I I I, I definitely am excited about um you know. Getting that on its feet at some point. But it might be a couple films from now. I don't know.
0: Ari Aster's Award season voters. Rediscover it. It's on DVD, Blu-ray, SVOD.
1: And the director's cut is on iTunes. Yeah. And, and hopefully it'll be available uh, in, in some other formats soon. Excellent. Thank you.
0: Thank you.